Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast. And just really to share their insights, this is an interesting and very cool podcast today. We're talking to Your Majesty Greg Lincoln, who is the Director of Strategic Engineering at Corvid Cyber Defense. And we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of really cool stuff, cyber-related, uh, MSSP-related, and all those fun things. So, Greg, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate you having me. Let's start with this. When it comes to network security... What advantages do MSSPs, managed security service providers, bring in terms of expertise and monitoring, threat intelligence, things like that? I think at its core, network security is essential. There, you can't have cybersecurity without the wires that come into the building. So it is, it is critical. It is the, the fundamental uh, structure that, that lets the bad guys and good guys do their jobs. So really being able to control that landscape, that threat surface, and really deal with what it means to get into the building, get out of the building, all of those things really come down to having real network professionals, not just network security professionals, network professionals working at your MSSP, having professionals who have done this their whole lives, having people who are capable of knowing everything there is to know about networking and how, again, good guys and bad guys traverse your network. You still have to do business. You still have to be able to succeed. And a lot of cybersecurity, it can be uh, obtrusive uh, if not done correctly. And there are always trade-offs. There are always um, the realities of uh, changing controls and how that's going to work for any given company. Bringing somebody in who is going to create a solution for you, something that is going to work and something with which you will grow is critical to uh, to a successful cybersecurity program at every level. So bringing in cybersecurity professionals who know their networking, they know their stuff in and out and can understand when you lay everything out, whether you're, you know, whether you're a C-suite executive saying, you know, here are the keys to my network closet, you guys figure it out to having guys who, you know, have been doing this for years, they have laid it out, they're probably a little tentative about what it means to hand those keys over to uh, to an external organization in any way. But really, you know, getting in there, creating comfort, helping them understand that you really know what you're talking about. You're not coming in with a thing and you're going to plug it in and you're going to walk away. We're in for the long run. We are security partners here at Corvette Cyber Defense. And we take extraordinary pride in our capabilities at network security level all the way uh, and throughout uh, an organization. We have people here who have worked, who have built, you know, international data centers. We're not small potatoes. Uh, we're we're bringing the real iron uh, to uh, to the team and it all starts at network security. So we, you can tell, I could probably go on about this for, uh, for literally ever, uh, but um, I'd be happy to, you know, kind of clarify where I'm going with that uh, and, you know, maybe what I mean about uh, where network security goes, because it seems like, you know, it's just one bullet in a, in a number of, including our materials, but that one bullet spans an extraordinary amount of services, uh, structures, uh, and uh, the the time it takes to roll that out, get it going, and, and really continue on that journey. You know, you hear about zero trust, and you hear about, you know, sassy, and you hear about all the buzzwords and, and, and acronyms, but really... It's all the little bits and pieces that come along with that. And it can't all happen overnight. It really has to be a journey. It has to be uh, a long tail effort. 
And that has to start somewhere. Starting somewhere is knowing what the status quo is, bringing somebody else is bringing somebody in who can get up to speed quickly and, and work with you on some of the most complicated, uh, uh, things possible, or maybe some, you know, maybe it's just a telco router in the other room and we're going to bring you up to, you know, enterprise level, uh, efficiency and capability and segmentation, uh, in record time and everywhere in between. So Greg, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up a curveball at you here really quick because you kind of mentioned about the importance of network security. And, and I agree. I think it's the foundation. It's, it's the starting point. It's the ending point. It's all of those points. A lot of people are looking to move towards the cloud or the SaaS or away from network as they know it. How can we educate them on why network security is still a component of what they're doing, even if they don't have a headquarter location? That is actually a fantastic curveball, uh, but not really one at all. Because in the end, you still can't get to the cloud. You can't get to the service edge. You can't get to you know the SD WAN you know trademark without networking, without traditional networking. Under the hood, everything is using the same protocols, the same structures. They have to speak the same language at the core. And recognizing that that core is internetworking. It is network computers that traverse uh, sometimes specialized networks, sometimes extraordinary software stacks. At their core, they're speaking the same language. And recognizing that at that language, you can speak a number. You can speak that language with a number of different interpretations. You can create uh, any number of services and structures. You can bring in outside tools and put them in the cloud, which we've done regularly. It's really a matter of making sure that you understand that you're not being locked into services or structures because it's on the slick sheet. Uh, sometimes those are the best solutions. There, sometimes they're the most uh, 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 cost-effective, and sometimes they're really not. Uh, Multi-cloud, for instance, clouds—they really have no—they have no vested interest in making uh, making one cloud work to another. So really, what happens then? You have to go back down to uh, the core structures on the internet. You got to go down to IPsec tunnels. You got to go down to um, you know uh, standard technologies is going to allow you to traverse those uh, those networks. But on one side, maybe you're spending uh, maybe you're spending uh, X number of dollars on that VPN connection, and then on the other side, you also get to spend X number of dollars on that side because you want to run in multi-cloud because you want to run in multiple. Uh, um, uh, geographic locations. And then where are you left? And then you're paying, you know, you're paying firewall facilities in this cloud and you're paying firewall security, uh, uh, security services in this cloud. And then people need a VPN. Are they going to VPN to that cloud? Are they going to VPN to this cloud? And, you know, like, well, my Google authenticator lets me do this and Microsoft authenticator lets me do that. And I can't even get into the Google clouds. So we have to jump. We actually have to horseshoe over here, over here, over there. Right. So remembering again, that you have people on your side who understand the core networking principles of where you're going and kind of bring you out of the marketing surreality and bring you back to earth, help you understand from that 50 foot, the 50,000 foot level, what it means of what you're actually accomplishing and solution that process. If you're, if you're just going to be an AWS, sure, you know, maybe that's fine. But if you're going to be AWS worldwide, maybe you're going to have multi-cloud, maybe you're going to have, you know, distributed workforce, all those things that require a solution, require a process and require making sure that it's going to work for you as opposed to wedging yourself into what 
most people do and then having to deal with it and jumping through hoops. So again, you know, I kind of, I'm going to keep saying solutioning because, you know, solutions are everything when it comes to, uh, the comfort of introducing extraordinary security tools into an environment. So that service edge, the, uh, the, the notion of being able to, to traverse, uh, different networks, to be able to secure your, uh, your cloud services through, uh, uh, through Casby or, you know, a full, uh, SASE solution, all of those things really are going to come down to which pieces do you need? What don't you need to pay for? What are overkill? And what does your team internally need to accomplish on behalf of your company to even get it off the ground? And my head spins every single time I read a, a SASE slick sheet. You know, there are dozens of technologies and services and solutions and, and tools. And, you know, but they're going to solution it and they're going to hand it off to you. Here's, here's your stuff. Where do you go from here? Uh, that's when, you know, that's when the notion of MSSPs come in. You know, at some point you can't know everything and we don't know everything, but together we can know a whole lot. Greg, I'd, I'd like to hear some examples of challenges that you're hearing from customers that they're facing and how an MSSP like yourself can address them and and show successful cybersecurity. There are a number there there are a couple of different ways I can go about this, but I think the number one challenge that customers will always face are the people that work at their company. Humans are fallible, and these days it is far easier uh, to mess up at the keys uh, than it ever has been. Something as, as innocuous as opening an email can be the end of the entire company if they're not prepared for a ransomware event. Uh, losing all of their data, losing uh, all of their, you know, or having their data leaked onto the internet and having to pay, you know, tens of thousands of dollars per email. Uh, all of those things are extraordinary reality. Uh, and everywhere in between, of course, is, you know, how can I get cyber insurance? I need to be able to check all of these boxes. All of those things, they all come down to the people sitting in the chairs at work or sitting at home in their home office and the challenges that come along with running a business uh, today in the cyber landscape, in uh, in our post-COVID landscape, you know, we're all decentralized now, or at least many of us, you know, even the return to work is different. There are a lot of challenges. We have, you know, we have uh, supercomputers in our pockets. Uh, we all want to be able to be mobile. All of those challenges, I see them boiling all down to user behavior. How can we craft absolutely everything that we do in cybersecurity around protecting ourselves from our weakest moment? And, you know, that that challenge is, you know, maybe putting in some speed bumps, putting in some roadblocks, uh, putting in just a, a little, hey, did you really mean to do that? You know, like the good old days when, you know, we when Outlook would be like, hey, you install a plugin, of course, because Outlook doesn't do anything for you. Hey, did you uh, did you really meant to send this email without a subject on it? Oh, wow, this is like the future, right? And now it's like, hey, I couldn't help but notice that you're sending a virus to uh, your, you know, CEO. <laughs> Obviously, it's not going to get to that point, right? That's where defense and death comes in. We'll talk about that at a different time. Those challenges are 
every day. And it's there is no one solution. There is no magic solution. It is a mixture of creating security controls and being able to mitigate when events occur. Uh, we tell all of our customers, as long as it doesn't scare them, we tell all of our customers to remind them it is not if it's when. You will have a cyber event. If you can make that cyber event, oh, my, uh, my computer said that I had a virus in this email, and now I have to tell this other guy that he had a virus in his email. And that other guy probably having a way worse day than you. But your day was as bad as, hey, I got a virus in my email. And, you know, you go through and you make sure that nothing else happened. And, you know, it didn't run. It didn't uh, it didn't pepper your entire environment with, uh, with nasties. But that is an event. And that same event could have been extraordinary had you not had those controls in place. But if you come back to user behavior, one of those controls is, should I double-click this file? And that should I double-click this file, that's where training and awareness comes in, right? Uh, an offering that comes uh, throughout the MSSP uh, space. And it is in a lot of corporate governance, just in general, whether or not you have a cybersecurity program. Training and awareness is whether or not I'm going to click on that. And sometimes they're silly videos. Sometimes maybe they're a little bit sleepy. And sometimes they, you know, they cover subjects that you really know. But every once in a while... Even in that subject that you really know, they'll cover something you're like, hmm. and to be able to do that in a in an environment where you are alone, you are watching the video, you're gonna have to take a little quiz at the end, right? Uh, and you know, so you have to pay attention to make sure you get your scores so that the security officer doesn't come chasing after you. You know, so you're gonna pay attention. But any time that that you know, there's there's a moment where you do learn something. Nobody is around to know that you didn't know that. And there is value to that. Not sitting in a classroom with a bunch of other people. Can anybody tell me where? Then you have to say, you know, excuse me, I don't know the answer to this. But in a private environment, you actually have the ability to learn. You have the ability to grow. And uh, with many training and awareness programs, uh, you can also do it when when somebody messes up. Like, well, this person uh, clicked on, you know, a, a, a fake uh, phishing email, and now they get uh, a little bit more curriculum, and they'll need to learn their way through that. But again, here we come, we're, we're coming all the way back to whether or not you double click on something, whether or not you open it, whether or not you email it, whether or not you believe a text message that you got. You know, text messaging is one of those uh, other challenges, again, back to user behavior, is one of those things that cybersecurity cannot solve. It's all up to the telcos. If you get a text message and it says that it's, hey, it's the CEO, go buy me gift cards, and it came from their phone number, are you gonna go buy gift cards? Or are you gonna take the 30 seconds to say, hey, did the CEO really ask me to go buy these gift cards? He sure seemed urgent about it, right? Or, you know, or they're reading your email and then they send you a text message that says, hey, send the wire to this instead, right? You know, wailing or any of that spear phishing uh, type, but it's still, you're not going to lose your job by walking to the other room and saying, did the CEO really ask me to do this? And just that little leap saves companies hundreds of thousands of dollars in that one moment, millions of dollars everywhere, everywhere beyond. So that is one uh, really, really main challenge. I think that, uh, that organizations are, are, are really up against is understanding and combating the human condition of, I want to make people happy. I want to do a good job. And I want to see cute, uh, cute pictures of kitty cats.
And it, who could fault them for the last one for sure? Fair. Absolutely. So I think this is a good pivot. And, and I think we both agree love hate relationship with marketing, but at times it is it is our biggest enemy, especially for security service providers. Maybe not for technology so much, but as as a service provider. How are you combating that? Combat is a good word. I think it is it's a natural uh is a natural way that we have to go about it, but we have to over communicate. We have to get folks into the room who come to us with somebody else's marketing and help them unpack it. Take a couple more minutes to to really recognize, uh, you know, when when the CEO walks, you know, the CEO gets on the call, right? Small company, you know, he's running everything. He doesn't have a you know CIO or CISO. Uh, he's on the call and he's like, "I want enough." I was I was reading Fortune magazine, and it said I need a sassy. So I'm here to get one. I need one sassy. Uh, and then, you know. Here you're fighting the global machine. You're you're fighting the biggest companies in the world. You're fighting the the um, the Gardner Magic Quadrants. You're you're up against what it means to unpack an extraordinary technology and everything that's inside of it. You know, the SASE is, is a methodology. It is a is a global umbrella structure of all things uh, protecting a company, especially between assets. This guy could be coming to me. He's got one office. He's got three guys that work uh, down at the um, at a distribution center. He's got 12 people that work in the office, and he's got four people that work remotely uh, at home. No cloud infrastructure, no server infrastructure, and he's got you know he's got a couple of IPsec tunnels between locations that his uh, you know MSP stood out 14 years ago, maybe not 14. Does he need a sassy solution? Does he have a service edge? What, tell me where you're coming from, what your solutions are, and then you know you get those you get those uh, those structures, those uh, those requirements, and then you say, you know what? There is a cross section of this tool set that is going to be perfect for you, you know, and here's what it is. And then sassy made the phone ring, but your knowledge of the tools that are inside of it and how you approach that solution is key to helping him feel comfort and understanding. And then he gets to walk away knowing what they were even talking about in Fortune magazine and having comfort in, in knowing that there are folks out there who are going to walk you through it and not just uh, try to turn something on and send you a bill. Uh, that that silver platter, that, that white glove structure is where MSSPs shine, where MSPs in general shine across the industry is the ones who succeed are the ones who are really putting you first, putting the communication first, and putting um, putting your success first. And marketing can make the phone ring, but it can't sell a product. Not in the end. Not when, like, even if you were calling the guys who who put that into Fortune magazine, you know, so for, for more information, call XYZ Company Corporation. They're going to say. They're going to have the same conversation with you, and you know, one would hope they would not have a yes. You absolutely need all of all of this, and um, you know, we're going to put SD-WAN between you know all of these uh, organizations, and we're going to put a Casby solution in, and you know, it clearly needs service edge. This round, you know, and and you know, <laughs> acronym, acronym, mm, acronym, acronym. 
it just makes your head spin. So really, it's all about education, whether it's our, whether it's our educating our partners, educating our uh, teammates, or educating our, uh, our uh, current and future customers. Making heads or tails of all the different items and solutions and services out there to keep companies safe and to make them more efficient and to make them, you know, just succeed in any space. You know, we're a high tech technology company. We, we use all kinds of tools that we don't sell. We've often gotten on the phone and talked through things that we don't sell, but will make the company safer or, or help them along their way, pair them with a vendor who can, can help them further or, uh, uh, cater to the, their, uh, their team's requirements to, to get them through you know, a compliance journey. Who knows? Uh, but getting in the door, having a conversation, that's where marketing gets us. It's just also our biggest challenge as an MSSP when brands and services with brand names attached to them are the reason the phone rings and come through the door. And that notion of those skinning that poor cute little cute cat that I just saw pictures of. Multiple ways to skin that cat. Just because you come through the door with a brand thinking that it's shiny and amazing and new, if you're coming if you're coming to an MSSP, you're not gonna be the ones who are hands-on with that product. So does it does it truly matter which product you're bringing in if they're all equally good? It's really about how you operationalize it, how you can uh, make scalable pricing, make uh, reasonable fiscal decisions, and of course, uh, bring the the best of breed technologies uh, despite the brand name. Greg, I'd like to just take a moment and have you talk to me about who Corvid Cyber Defense is and why you guys are so awesome. Corvid Cyber Defense started out as a smaller company, uh, grassroots, uh, under another name, uh, with, a, with a few passionate principals who uh, actually came from the uh, VAR space. Uh, we had a great amount of success uh, with, with bringing, uh, still uh, uh, solutioning and, and, and bringing gear uh, and services to companies, but more along with you know, setting it up and passing it along to their teams. And uh, we've, we've been uh, Palo Alto partners since then, and, uh, and we continue on that road. And, but we realized that there really was this, this great gap uh, of bringing like true quality enterprise-grade security tools to uh, organizations who would never be able to turn them up themselves. Not, not only afford them, but to have access to them to deal with all the partnerships that were involved, all of the, and back then, all of the nuance to actually roll them out and get them installed and understand how the, you know, how the interactions through the, the different portals work and configurations and all the different subject matter expertise that's really required to be able to do this. We look at it, even back then, we look at it like, well, you know, this is just a day's work. But really, the the notion that you know a, a ten or twenty or five hundred person company, they're not necessarily going to know all of these things, let alone be able to accomplish that in an MDR way. You know, what is it actually going to mean to to have an event happen on one of your machines or servers or uh, or anything, and in the middle of the night? What could we do to bring these services in a scalable and affordable way to uh, to small and medium sized businesses uh, that will cater to their needs, add to their bench, and prevent them from having to uh, either go without cybersecurity or have to plug in something that's just off the shelf that, you know, it's it's a Boolean. It's a yes or no, I have antivirus. 
you know, I have a firewall. Um, that's not enough. And we knew that it wasn't enough back then. What could we do to really push that, that notion of uh, fully managed uh, cybersecurity? And we got off the ground from there and uh, really never looked back. Uh, we always just want to bring best of breed security tools that uh, we can bring uh, in, a, in a repeatable managed way and for customers to benefit from our uh, singular knowledge of individual tools to for customers to benefit from across the board. It's easy to say, well, you know, from a managed standard managed service uh, uh, perspective, you know, yeah, we could do this, we could do this endpoint product and that endpoint product and this endpoint product, but they all pretty much do the same thing. Why do you need to know all of those? Why do you need to plug every one of those into your your um, your backend uh, data aggregators? Why do you need to have different alerting systems? Why do you have to you know have all of this again boiling the ocean notion of every oh, I'm a poet uh, of every tool known to man kind of dumping into a, dumping into something and kind of diluting the purpose of creating extraordinary service. So this is where the notion of opinionated uh, service provision really comes in at the uh, MSSP level is know something really, really well. Bring the best stuff so that you are above reproach, but bring the best stuff, know it inside and out, and then bring that to your customers so they don't have to worry about it. And then button it all up with 24-7, 365, and knowing that a human being, probably maybe even somebody whose name you recognize, uh, is, is calling you. Or, or sending an email to let you know what's going on in your environment so that you can create rapport, so that you can create that repeatable uh, relationship between you and your security team. And by being a small company, by being uh, somebody who is, you know, that has that intimate feel, you really probably will hear from similar analysts over time because, you know, no team is going to be big enough no matter what. But being able to structure it in a way that, uh, that you're like, Oh, hey, okay. I'm going to start that over because I don't want to use anybody's real name. Uh, you know, oh, hey, Barry. Uh, oh, hey, Barry. Uh, uh, great to hear from you. Thanks so much. Uh, I, you know, this actually sounds like something that we talked over during our onboarding. Uh, this is super helpful for me. Um, understanding we're there to curate their environment over time, make things better in either in increments or in leaps and bounds, depending on the appetite and capability of the customer. So we're not just going to turn things on and be all done. There, we're constantly tuning. We're constantly shaping and making sure that uh, that our constraints are not at the expense of our customers' capability to uh, to have been business continuity. Uh, so that was our overall push. And we came up with really cool toys to do it. How do we push it all into our custom sim? How do we do this with a with an awesome appliance that lives at the edge, runs a Palo Alto on it, and it's got virtual machines inside and Kubernetes, and we're doing all this cool, fancy tech stuff. And you know, we're running, you know, and now we're here. We're running, you know, hundreds of edge devices, uh, and um, and and managing those in a way that is uh, that is again uh, is repeatable and creates extraordinary visibility and security for our customers. And at a at a price point, and uh, with tools that would otherwise not uh, be able to be brought to uh, to customers of particular size.
Greg, I, I love the insights. I love nerding out with you. And and thank you so much for being on the Cyber Pro Podcast. Wow, I'm happy to be here. I can't wait to spend another many, many hours uh, talking here with you, uh, if you ever let me. <laughs>